Chapter 2 of The Fall of Troy by Smyrnanius Quintus Translated by Arthur S. Way Born 13 February 1847 Died 25 December 1930 This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. When, o'er the crest of the far-echoing hills, The splendor of the tireless racing sun poured o'er the land, Still in their tents rejoiced Achaea's stalwart sons, and still acclaimed Achilles, the resistless. But in Troy still mourned her people, still from all her towers seaward they strained their gaze. For one great fear gripped all their hearts to see that terrible man at one bound overleap their high-built wall, then smite with the sword all people there within, and burn with fire fanes, palaces, and homes. And old Thymoteus spake to the anguished ones, Friends, I have lost hope. Mine heart seeth not our help or bulwark from the storm of war. Now that the aweless Hector, who was once Troy's mighty champion, is in the dust laid low. Not all his might availed to escape the fates, but overborne he was by Achilles' hands, the hands that would, I verily deem, bear down a god if he defied him to the fight, even as he overthrew this warrior queen, Pethysalea, battle-reveling, from whom all of the Argives shrank in fear. Ah, she was marvellous, when at the first I looked on her, meseemed a blessed one from heaven had come down hitherward to bring light to our darkness. Oh, vain hope, vain dream. Go to, let us take counsel what to do were best for us. Or shall we still maintain a hopeless fight against these ruthless foes? Or shall we straightway flee a city doomed? Aye, doomed, for never more may we withstand Argives in fighting field when in the front of battle pitiless Achilles storms. Then spake Laomedon's son, the ancient king. Nay, friend, and all ye other sons of Troy, and ye, our strong war-helpers, flinch we not faint-hearted from defence of fatherland. Yet let us go not forth to the city gates to battle with yon foe. Nay, from our towers and from our ramparts let us make defence, till our new champion come, the stormy heart of Memnon. Lo, he cometh, leading on host numberless ethiopia's swarthy sons by this i trow he is nigh unto our gates for long ago in sore distress of soul i sent him urgent summons yea and he promised me gladly promised me to come to troy and make all end of all our woes and now i trust he is nigh let us endure a little longer then for better far it is like brave men in the fight to die and flee and live in shame mid alien folk. So spake the old king, but Polydamus, the prudent-hearted, thought not good to war thus endlessly, and spake his patriot reed. If Memnon have, beyond all shadow of doubt, pledged him to thrust dire ruin far from us, then do I gainsay not that we await the coming of that godlike man within our walls. Ah, yet mine heart misgives me, lest, though he with all his warriors come, he come but to his death, 
and unto thousands more our people naught but misery come thereof. For terribly against us leaps the storm of the Achaeans' might. But now go to, let us not flee afar from this our Troy, to wander in some alien land, and there, in the exile's pitiful helplessness, endure all flouts and outrage. Nor in our own land abide we, till the storm of Argive war o'erwhelm us. Nay, even now, late though it be, better it were for us to render back unto the Danians Helen and her wealth, even all that glory of women brought with her from Sparta. And add other treasure, yea, repay it twofold, so to save our Troy and our own souls. While yet the spoiler's hand is laid not on our substance, and while yet Troy hath not sunk in gulfs of ravening flame, I pray you, take to heart my counsel. None shall, while I wot, be given to Trojan men better than this. Ah, would that long ago Hector had hearkened to my pleading, when I fain had kept him in the ancient home. So spake Polydamus, the noble and strong, and all the listening Trojans in their hearts approved. Yet none dared utter openly the word, for all with trembling held in awe their prince and Helen, though for her sole sake daily they died. But on that noble man turned Paris, and reviled him to his face. Thou dastard battle-venture Polydamus! Not in thy craven bosom beats a heart that bides the fight, but only fear and panic. Yet dost thou vaunt thee, quotha, still our best in counsel? No man's soul is base as thine. Go to, thyself shrink shivering from the strife. Cower, coward in thine halls. But all the rest, we men, will still go armor girt, until we rest from this our truceless war, a peace that shall not shame us. Tis with travail and toil of strenuous war that brave men win renown. But flight? Weak women choose it, and young babes. Thy spirit is like to theirs. No wit I trust thee in the day of battle, thee, the man who maketh faint the hearts of all the host. So fiercely he reviled. Polydamus wrathfully answered, for he shrank not, he from answering to his face. A caitiff hound, a reptile fool is he who fawns on men before their faces, while his heart is black with malice, and, when they be gone, his tongue backbites them. Openly, Polydamus flung back upon the prince his taunt and scoff. O oh, thou of living men most mischievous! Thy valour, quotha, brings us misery. Thine heart endures, and will endure, that strife should have no limit, save an utter ruin of fatherland and people for thy sake. Ne'er may such what with valour craze my soul. Be mine to cherish wise discretion, I, a warder that shall keep mine house in peace. Indignantly he spake, and Paris found no word to answer him, for conscience woke remembrance of all woes he had brought on Troy, and should bring, for his passion-fevered heart would rather hail quick death than severance from Helen the divinely fair, although for her sake was it that the sons of Troy even then were gazing from their towers to see the Argives and Achilles drawing nigh. 
but no long time thereafter came to them memnon the warrior king and brought with him a countless host of swarthy ethiops from all the streets of troy the trojans flocked glad-eyed to gaze on him as seafarers with ruining tempest utterly forspent see through the wide parting clouds the radiance of the eternal wheeling northern wain so joyed the troy folk as they thronged around and more than all laomedon's son for now leapt in his heart a hope that yet the ships might by those ethiop men be burned with fire so giant-like their king was and themselves so huge a host and so athirst for fight therefore with all observance welcomed he the strong son of the lady of the dawn with goodly gifts and with abundant cheer so at the banquet king and hero sat and talked this telling of the Danian chiefs and all the woes himself had suffered that telling of that strange immortality by the dawn goddess given to his sire telling of the unending flow and ebb of the sea mother of the sacred flood of ocean fathomless rolling of the bounds of earth that wearieth never of her travail of where the sun steeds leap from orient waves telling withal of all his wayfaring from ocean's verge to priam's wall and spurs of ida yea he told how his strong hand smote the great army of the solomy who barred his way whose deed presumptuous brought upon their own heads crushing ruin and woe so told he all that marvellous tale and told of countless tribes and nations seen of him and priam heard and ever glowed his heart within him and the old lips answering spake memnon the gods are good who have vouchsafed to me to look upon thine host and thee here in mine halls oh that their grace would so crown this their boon that i might see my foes all thrust to undestruction by thy spears that well may be for marvellous like art thou to some invincible deathless one yea more than any earthly hero wherefore thou i trust shalt hurl wild havoc through their host but now i pray thee for this day do thou cheer at my feast thine heart and with the morn shalt thou go forth to battle worthy of thee then in his hands a chalice deep and wide he raised and memnon in all love he pledged in that huge golden cup a gift of gods for this the cunning godsmith brought to zeus his masterpiece what time the mighty in power to hephaestus gave for bride the cyperian queen and zeus on dardanus his godlike son bestowed it he on erichthonius erichthonius to troas the great of heart gave it and he with all his treasure store bequeathed it to ilus and he gave that wonder to laomedon and he to priam who had thought to leave the same to his own son fate ordered otherwise and memnon clasped his hands about that cup so peerless beautiful and all his heart marvelled and thus he spake unto the king beseems not with great swelling words to vaunt amidst the feast and lavish promises but rather quietly to eat in hall and to devise deeds worthy whether i be brave and strong 
or whether I be not, Battle, wherein a man's true might is seen, Shall prove to thee. Now would I rest, nor drink the long night through. The battle-eager spirit by measureless wine And lack of sleep is dulled. Marvelled at him the old king, and he said, As seems thee good touching the banquet, Do after thy pleasure. I, what thou art loath, will not constrain thee. Yea, unmeet is it to hold him back Who fain would leave the board, Or hurry from one's halls who fain would stay. So is the good old law with all true men. Then rose that champion from the board, And passed thence to his sleep, his last. And with him went all others from the banquet to their rest, And gentle sleep slid down upon them soon. But in the halls of Zeus, the lightning lord, Feasted the gods the while, and Cronos' son, all father, of his deep foreknowledge spake amidst them of the issue of the strife. Be it known unto you all, to morn shall bring by yonder war affliction swift and sore. For many mighty horses shall ye see, and I their host beside their chariots slain, and many heroes perishing. Therefore ye remember these my words, howe'er ye grieve for dear ones. Let none clasp my knees in prayer, since even to us relentless are the fates. So warned he them, which knew before, that all should from the battle stand aside, howe'er heart wrung, that none, petitioning for a son or dear one, should to Olympus vainly come. So, at that warning of the thunderer, the son of Cronos, all they steel their hearts to bear, and spake no word against their king. For in exceeding awe they stood of him, yet to their several mansions and their rest with sore hearts went they. O'er their deathless eyes, the blessing-bringer sleep, his light veil spread. When o'er precipitous crest of mountain walls leapt up broad heaven the bright morning star, who rouseth to their toils from slumber sweet the binders of the sheep, then his last sleep unclasped the warrior son of her who brings light to the world, the child of mist of night. Now swelled his mighty heart with eagerness to battle with the foe forthright. And dawn, with most reluctant feet, began to climb heaven's broad highway. Then did the Trojans gird their battle harness on, then armed themselves the Ethiop men, and all the mingled tribes of those war-helpers that from many lands to Priam's aid were gathered. Forth the gates swiftly they rushed, like darkly lowering clouds, which Cronos' son, when storm is rolling up, herdeth together through the welkin wide. Swiftly the whole plain filled. Onward they streamed like harvest-ravening locusts, drifting on in fashion of heavy brooding rain-clouds o'er the wide plains of earth. An irresistible host, bringing one famine on the sons of men. So in their might and multitude they went. The city streets were all too straight for them, marching up soared the dust from underfoot. From far the Argives gazed, and marvelling saw their onrush, 
but with speed arrayed their limbs in brass and in the might of peleus son put their glad trust amidst them rode he on like to a giant titan glorying in steeds and chariot while his armor flashed splendor around in sudden lightning gleams it was as when the sun from utmost bounds of earth-encompassing ocean comes and brings light to the world and flings his splendor wide through heaven and earth and air laugh all around so glorious mid the argives peleus son rode onward mid the trojans rode the while memnon the hero even such to see as ares furious-hearted onward swept the eager host arrayed about their lord then in the grapple of war on either side closed the long lines trojan and danian but chief in prowers still the ethiops were crashed they together as when surges meet on the wild sea when in a day of storm from every quarter winds to battle rush foe hurled at foe the ashen spear and slew screams and death groans went up like roaring fire as when down thundering torrents shout and rave on pouring seaward when the maddened rains stream from god's cisterns when the huddling clouds are hurled against each other ceaselessly and leaps their fiery breath in flashes forth so neath the fighters trampling feet the earth thundered and leapt the terrible battle yell through the frenzied air for mad the war cries were for first fruits of death's harvest peleus son Suthalius, and mentus nobly born men of renown and many a head beside dashed he to dust as in his furious swoop a whirlwind shakes dark chasms underground and earth's foundations crumble and melt away around the deep roots of the shuddering world so the ranks crumbled in swift doom to the dust before the spear and fury of peleus son but on the other side the hero child of the dawn goddess slew the argive men like to a baleful doom which bringeth down on men a grim and ghastly pestilence first he slew pharon for the bitter spear plunged through his breast and down on him he hurled goodly aruthus battle revellers both dwellers in thyrus by alpha's streams which followed nestor to the god-built burg of ilium but when he had laid these low against the son of neleus pressed he on eager to slay god-like antilochus strode forth to meet him sped the long spear's flight yet missed him for a little he swerved but slew his ethiop comrade son of parhasis wroth for his fall against antilochus he leapt as leaps a lion mad of mood upon a boar the beast that flincheth not from fight with man or brute whose charge is a flash of lightning so was his swift leap his foe antilochus caught a huge stone from the ground hurled smote him but unshaken abode his strength for the strong helm crest fenced his head from death but rang the morion round his brows his heart kindled with terrible fury at the blow more than before against antilochus like seething cauldron 
spoiled his maddened might he stabbed for all his cunning offence the son of nestor above the breast the crashing spear plunged to the heart the spot of speediest death then upon all the danians at his fall came grief but anguish-stricken was the heart of nestor most of all to see his son slain in his sight for no more bitter pang smiteth the heart of man than when a son perishes and his father sees him die therefore albeit unused to melting mood his soul was torn with agony for the son by black death slain a wild cry hastily to thrasymedes did he send afar hither to me thrasymedes war-renowned help me to thrust back from thy brother's course yea mine hapless son his murderer that so ourselves may render to our dead all dues of mourning if thou fledge for fear no son of mine art thou nor of the line of periclymnus who dared withstand hercules self come to the battle toil for grim necessity oft times inspires the very coward with courage of despair then at his cry that brother's heart was stung with bitter grief swift for his help drew nigh Pharius, on whom for his great prince's fall came anguish charge these warriors twain to face strong memnon in the gory strife as when two hunters mid a forest mountain folds eager to take the prey rush on to meet a wild boar or a bear with hearts of fire to slay him but in furious mood he leaps on them and holds at bay the might of men so swelled the heart of memnon nigh drew they yet vainly essayed to slay him as they hurled the long spears but the lances glanced aside far from his flesh the dawn queen turned them thence yet fell their spears not vainly to the ground the lance of fiery-hearted Pharius, winged with eager speed dealt death to megas son polymnius laomedon was slain by the wrath of nestor's son for a brother dead the dear one memnon slew in battle rout and whom the slayer's war unwearied hands now stripped of all his brazen battle-gear not recking he of thrasymedes might nor of stout Pharius, who are unto him but weaklings a great lion seemed he there standing above a heart as jackals they that how so hungry dare not come too nigh but hard thereby the father gazed thereon in agony and cried the rescue cry to other his war comrades for their aid against the foe himself too burned to fight from his war car for yearning for the dead goaded him to the fray beyond his strength ay and himself had been on his dear son laid numbered with the dead had not the voice of memnon stayed him even in act to rush upon him for he reverenced in his heart the white hairs of an age-mate of his sire ancient he cried it were my shame to fight with one so much mine elder i am not blind unto honour verily i ween that this was some young warrior when i saw thee facing thus the foe my bold heart hoped for contest worthy of mine hand and spear nay draw thou back afar from battle-toil and bitter death go 
lest bold so e'er I smite thee of sore need. Nay, fall thou not beside thy son against a mightier man fighting, lest men with folly thee should charge. For folly it is that braves our mastering might. He spake, and answered him that warrior old. Nay, Memnon, vain was that last word of thine. None would name fool the father who essayed, battling with foes for his son's sake, to thrust the ruthless slayer back from that dear corpse. But ah, that my strength were whole in me, that thou mightst know my spear. Now canst thou vaunt proudly enow, a young man's heart is bold and light his wit. Uplifted is thy soul, in vain thy speech. If in my strength of youth thou hadst met me, Ta, thy friends had not rejoiced for all thy might. But me, a grievous weight of age bows down, Like an old lion, whom a cur may boldly drive Back from the fold, for that he cannot, in his wrath's despite, Maintain his own cause, being toothless now, and strengthless, And his strong heart tamed by time. So well the springs of olden strength no more in my breast. Yet am I stronger still than many men. My gray hairs yield to few that have within them all the strength of youth. So drew he back a little space, and left lying in the dust his son, since no more lived in the once lithe limbs the old in strength, for the year's weight lay heavy on his head. Back left Thrasymedes likewise, Spearmen good and battle-eager Ferius, and the rest their comrades, for that slaughter-dealing man pressed hard on them. As when, from mountains high, a shouting river with wide-echoing din sweeps down its fathomless whirlpool through the gloom, when God, with tumult of mighty storm, hath palled the sky in cloud from verge to verge. When thunders crash all round, when thick and fast gleam lightnings from the huddling clouds, when fields are flooded as the hissing rain descends, and all the air is filled with awful roar of torrents pouring down the hill ravines, so Memnon, toward the shores of Hellespont before him, hurled the Argives, following hard behind them, slaughtering ever. Many a man fell in the dust, and left his life in blood neath Ethiop hands. Stained was the earth with gore as Danians died. Exalted Memnon's soul as on the ranks of foemen ever he rushed, and heaped with dead was all the plain of Troy, and still from fight refrained he not. He hoped to be a light of safety unto Troy, and bane to Danians. But all the while stood baleful doom beside him, and spurred on to strife with flattering smile. To right, to left, his stalwart helpers wrought in battle toil, Alcinous and Nicias, and the son of Asius, furious souled, Menecleus' spear, Clydon, and Alexippus. Yea, a host eager to chase the foe, men who in fight quit them like men, exulting in their king. Then, as Menecleus on the Danians charged, the son of Neleus slew him. Wroth for his friend, whole throngs of foes fierce-hearted Memnon slew. As when a hunter, 
midst the mountains drive swift deer with the dark lines of his toils the eager ring of beaters closing in presses the huddled throng into snares of death the dogs are wild with joy of the chase ceaselessly giving tongue the while his darts leaped winged with death on rocket and on hind so memnon slew and ever slew his men rejoiced the while in panic-stricken rout before that glorious man the argives fled as when from a steep mountain's precipice bough leaps a huge crag which all resistless zeus by stroke of thunderbolt hath hurled from the crest crash oakwood copses echo long ravines shudders the forest to its rattle and roar and flocks therein and herds and wild things flee scattering as bounding whirling it descends with pitiless onrush so his foes fled from the lightning flash of memnon's spear then to the side of aeacus mighty son came nestor anguish for his son he cried achilles thou great bulwark of the greeks slain is my child the armour of my dead hath memnon and i fear me lest his course be cast a prey to dogs haste to his help true friend is he who still remembereth a friend though slain and grieves for one no more achilles heard and his heart was thrilled with grief he glanced across the rolling battle saw memnon saw where in throngs the argives fell beneath his spear forthright he turned away from where the rifted ranks of troy fell fast before his hands and thirsting for the fight wroth for antilochus and the others slain came face to face with memnon in his hands that godlike hero caught up from the ground a stone a boundary mark twixt the fields of wheat and hurled down on the shield of peleus son it crashed but he the invincible shrank not before the huge rock shard but thrusting out his long lance rushed to close with him afoot for his steed stayed behind the battle rout on the right shoulder above the shield he smote and staggered him but he despite the wound fought on with heart unquelling swiftly he thrust and pricked with his long spear achilles arm forth gushed the blood rejoicing with vain joy to aeacus son with arrogant words he cried now shalt thou in thy death fill up i trow thy dark doom overmastered by mine hands thou shalt not from this fray escape alive fool wherefore hast thou ruthlessly destroyed trojans and vaunted thee the mightiest man of men a deathless nerid son ha now thy doom hath found thee of birth divine am i the dawn queen's mighty son nurtured afar by lily slender hesperid maids beside the ocean river therefore not from thee nor from grim battle shrink i knowing well how far my mother goddess doth transcend a nerid whose child thou vauntest thee to gods and men my mother bringeth light on her depends the issue of all things works great and glorious in olympus wrought whereof comes blessing unto men 
but thine! She sits i' the barren crypts of brine, she dwells Glorying mid dumb sea monsters, mid fish, Deedless, unseen. Nothing I reck of her, nor rank her with the immortal heavenly ones. In stern rebuke spake Aeacus' aweless son, Memnon, how wast thou so distraught of wit that thou shouldst face me, and to fight defy me, who in might, in blood, in stature far surpass thee? From supremest Zeus I trace my glorious birth, and from the strong sea-god Nerys, begetter of the maids of the sea, the Nerids, honoured of the Olympian gods. And chiefest of them all is Thetis, wise with wisdom world-renowned. For in her bowers she sheltered Dionysus, chased by might of murderous Lycurgus from the earth. Yea, and the cunning godsmith welcomed she within her mansion, when from heaven he fell. Ay, and the lightning lord once she released from bounds. The all-seeing dwellers in the sky remember all these things, and reverence my mother Thetis in divine Olympus. Ay, that she is a goddess shalt thou know, when to thine heart a brazen spear shall pierce, sped by my might. Patroclus' death avenged I on Hector, and Antilochus on thee will I avenge. No weakling's friend thou hast slain, but why, like witless children, stand we here, Battling our parents' fame and our own deeds? Now is the hour when prowess shall decide. Then from the sheath he flashed his long keen sword, And Memnon his. And swiftly in fiery fight closed they, And rained the never-ceasing blows upon the bucklers, Which, with craft divine, Hephaestus' self had fashioned. Once and again clashed they together, and their cloudy crests touched, mingling all their tossing storm of hair. And Zeus, for that he loved them both, inspired with prowess each, and mightier than their wont he made them, made them tireless, nothing like to men but gods, and gloated all the twain the queen of strife. In eager fury, these thrust swiftly out the spear, With fell intent to reach the throat, Twixt buckler rim and helm, Thrust many a time and oft. Hard and fast they lunged, And on their shoulders clashed the arms divine. Roared to the very heavens The battle-shout of warring men, Of Trojans, Ethiopes, and Argives, Mighty-hearted. While the dust rolled up from neath their feet, tossed to the sky in stress of battle travail, great and strong. As when a mist enshrouds the hills, what time roll up the rain clouds, and the torrent beds roar as they fill with rushing floods, and howls each gorge with fearful voices. Shepherds quake to see the waters downrush, and the mist scream to dear wolves, and all the wild, fierce things nursed in the wide arms of the forest. Around the fighters' feet the choking dust hung, hiding the fair splendor of the sun, and darkening all the heaven. 
sore distressed with dust and deadly conflict were the folk then with a sudden hand some blessed one swept the dust pall aside and the gods saw the deadly fates hurling their charging lines together in the unending wrestle locked of that grim conflict saw where never ceased ares from hideous slaughter saw the earth crimsoned all around with rushing streams of blood saw where dark havoc gloated o'er the scene saw the wide plain with corpses heaped even all bounded twixt simoas and xanthos where they swept from ida down to hellespont but when long lengthened out the conflict was of those two champions and the might of both in that strong tug and strain was equal matched then gazing from olympus far off heights the gods joyed some in the invincible son of peleus others in the goodly child of old tithonus and the queen of dawn thundered the heavens on high from east to west and roared the sea from verge to verge and rocked the dark earth neath the hero's feet and quaked proud nerus daughters all round thetis thronged in grievous fear for mighty achilles sake and trembled for her son the child of mist as in her chariot through the sky she rode marvelled the daughters of the sun who stood near her round that wondrous splendour ring traced for the race course of the tireless sun by zeus the limit of all nature's life and death the daily round that maketh up the eternal circuit of the rolling years and now amongst the blessed bitter feud had broken out but by behest of zeus the twin fates suddenly stood beside these twain one dark her shadow fell on Memnon's heart. One bright, her radiance haloed Peleus' son. And with a great cry the immortals saw, and filled with sorrow they of the one part were, they of the other with triumphant joy. Still in the midst of blood-stained battle rout those heroes fought, unknowing of the fates now drawn so nigh but each at the other hurled his whole heart's courage all his bodily might thou hadst said that in the strife of that dread day huge tireless giants or strong titans ward so fiercely blazed the wildfire of their strife now when they clashed with swords now when they leapt hurling huge stones nor would either give back before the hell of blows nor quelled they stood like storm-tormented headlong steadfast clothed with might past words unearthly for the twain alike could boast their lineage of high zeus therefore twixt these eno lengthened out the ever-balanced strife while ever they in that grim wrestle strained their uttermost they and their dauntless comrades round their kings with ceaseless fury toiling till their spears stood shivered all in shields of warriors slain and of the fighters woundless none remained but from the limbs streamed down into the dust the blood and sweat of that unresting strain of fight and earth was hidden with the dead as heaven is hidden with clouds 
when meets the sun the goat star and the shipman dreads the deep as charge the limes the snorting chariot steeds trample the dead as are the myriad leaves ye trample in the woods at entering in of winter when the autumn tide is past still mid the corpses and the blood fought on those glorious sons of gods nor ever cease from wrath of fight but eris now incline the fatal scales of battle which no more were equal poised beneath the breastbone then of godlike memnon plunged achilles sword clear through his body all the dark blue blade leapt suddenly snapped the silver cord of life down in a pool of blood he fell and clashed his massy armor and earth rang again then turned to flight his comrades panic-struck and of his arms the myrmidons stripped the dead while fled the trojans and achilles chased as whirlwind swift and mighty to destroy then groaned the dawn and palled herself in clouds and earth was darkened at their mother's hest all the light breathings of the dawn took hands and slid down one long stream of sighing wind to priam's plain and floated round the dead and softly swiftly caught they up and bare through silver mist the dawn queen's son with hearts sore aching for their brother's fall while moaned around them all the air as on they passed fell many blood gouts from those pierced limbs down to the earth and these were made a sign to generations yet to be the gods gathered them up from many lands and made thereof far resounding river named of all that dwell beneath long ida's flanks paphlagonium as its waters flow twixt fertile acres once a year they turn to blood when comes the woeful day whereon died memnon thence a sick and choking reek steams thou wouldst say that from a wound unhealed corrupting humours breathed an evil stench ay so the gods ordained but now flew on bearing dawn's mighty sun the rushing winds skimming earth's face and palled about with night nor were his ethiopian comrades left to wander of their king forlorn a god suddenly winged those eager souls with speed such as should be theirs for ever changed to flying fowl the children of the air wailing their king in the wind's track they sped as when a hunter mid the forest breaks is by a boar or grim-jawed lion slain and now his sorrowing friends take up the course and bear it heavy-hearted and the hounds follow low whimpering pining for their lord in that disastrous hunting lost so they left far behind that stricken field of blood and fast they followed after those swift winds with multitudinous moaning 
veiled in mist unearthly. Trojans over all the plain, and Danians marvelled, seeing that great host vanishing with their king. All hearts stood still in dumb amazement. But the tireless winds, sighing, set hero Memnon's giant corpse down by the deep flow of Esopus stream. Where is a fair grove of the bright-haired nymphs? The which round his long barrow afterward, Esopus' daughters planted, screening it with many and manifold trees. And long and loud well those immortals, chanting his renown, the son of the dawn goddess, splendor throned. Now sank the sun, the lady of the morn, wailing her dear child from the heavens came down. Twelve maidens, shining tressed, attended her. The warders of the high paths of the sun were ever circling, warders of the night and dawn, and each world ordinance framed of Zeus, around whose mansions everlasting doors from east to west they dance, from west to east, whirling the wheels of harvest-laden years, while rolls the endless round of winter's cold, and flowery spring, and lovely summer-tide, and heavy-clustered autumn. These came down from heaven, for Memnon wailing wild and high, and mourned with these the Pleiades, echoed round far-stretching mountains and a sopus stream. Ceaseless uprose the keen, and in their midst, fallen on her son, and clasping, well the dawn. Dead art thou, my dear, dear child, and thou hast clad thy mother with a pall of grief. O oh, I, now thou art slain, will not endure to light the immortal heavenly ones. No, I will plunge down to the dread depths of the underworld, where thy lone spirit flitteth to and fro, and will to blind night leave earth, sky and sea, till chaos and formless darkness brood are all. That Kronos' son may also learn what means anguish of heart, for not less worship-worthy than Nerys' child by Zeus's ordinance am I, who look on all things, I, who bring all to their consummation. Recklessly my light Zeus now despiseth, therefore I will pass into the darkness. Let him bring up to Olympus Thetis from the sea, to hold for him light forth to gods and men. My sad soul loveth darkness more than day, lest I pour light upon thy slayer's head. Thus as she cried, the tears ran down her face immortal, like a river brimming eye. Drenched was the dark earth round the course. The night grieved in her daughter's anguish, and the heaven drew over all his stars a veil of mist and cloud of love unto the Lady of Light. Meanwhile, Within their walls the Trojan folk for Memnon sorrowed sore, 
with vain regret, Yearning for that lost king and all his host. Nor greatly joyed the Argives, where they lay Camped in the open plain amidst the dead. There, mingled with Achilles' praise, Uprose wails for Antilochus, Joy clasped hands with grief. All night, in groans and sighs most pitiful, The dawn-queen lay, a sea of darkness moaned around her. Of the day-spring naught she recked, she loathed Olympus' spaces. At her side, fretted and whinnied still her fleet-foot steeds, Trampling the strange earth, gazing at their queen grief-stricken, Yearning for the fiery course. Suddenly crashed the thunder of the wrath of Zeus, Rocked round her all the shuddering earth, And on immortal Eos trembling came. Swiftly the dark-skinned Ethiopes from her sight Buried their lord, lamenting. As they wailed unceasingly, The dawn-queen, lovely-eyed, Changed them to birds, Sweeping through air around the barrow of the mighty dead. And these still do the tribes of men the Memnons call, And still with wailing cries they dart and wheel above their king's tomb, And they scatter dust down on his grave, Still shrill the battle-cry in memory of Memnon, each to each. But he, in Hades' mansions, or perchance amid the blessed on the Elysian plain, laugheth. Divine dawn comforteth her heart beholding them, but theirs is toil of strife unending, till the weary victors strike the vanquished dead, or one and all fill up the measure of their doom around his grave. So by command of Eos, lady of light, the swift birds dree their weird, but dawn divine, now heavenward soared with all the fostering hours, Who drew her to Zeus' threshold sorely loathed. Yet conquered by their gentle pleadings, Such as salve the bitterest grief of broken hearts. Nor the dawn-queen forget her daily course, But quelled before the unbending threat of Zeus. Of whom are all things, even all comprised, Within the encircling sweep of ocean's stream, Earth and the palace dome of burning stars. Before her went her Pleiad harbingers, Then she herself flung wide the ethereal gates, And, scattering spray of splendor, flashed therethrough. End of chapter 2